Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm going to push the button on our next guest. We've been heavy in the football. Even mixed in a little hockey last hour. I haven't got all that much uh, hoops talking. We will do just that here. Senior writer, Bleacher Report. His uh, podcast, 148, is a must-listen for all NBA fans Always brings something to the table when he joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Howard Beck from Bleacher Report with us. Uh, how are you, Howard? Doing all right, Jody Mack. How are you? Good. How's the New Year treating you so far? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. Uh, you? Good? Uh, let's see. I'm still breathing. That's the only thing right. I'm banking on. This Upright. That's my goal each and every single day when I get out of the bed. Uh, I want to go around the NBA with you, but there's a team I specifically want to start with. And that's a team playing right now, trailing down in Philadelphia, where the Sixers are very good at home. Uh, and that's the L.A. Lakers. They're the best team in the Western Conference, have been since uh, the first week of the season, maybe not first day, because they lost that opener to the Clippers, but have been dynamite ever since. LeBron's being LeBron again. We know the Anthony Davis edition was huge. But this was a sub-500 team this year that is now the best uh, team in the Western Conference. Why do I think Frank Vogel isn't getting enough credit? Because when you're the coach of a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who are two of the top five players in the league, you're expected to have the best or one of the best teams in the NBA. I mean, it's not that he's done nothing, but you know the leap from sub-500 to potentially championship team and certainly contender – is largely due to a single transaction, and that was the trade for Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron did not stop being LeBron last season. I know a lot of people wanted to go that direction, but he missed a month with the groin, and it sunk the Lakers, and the trade talks sunk the Lakers, and lack of cohesive talent or even sufficient talent sunk the Lakers. But they were always just one superstar away from being contenders again, and the trade for Anthony Davis did that, and suddenly a lot of these guys that seemed like ill-fitting pieces last season look a lot better because that's what happens when you have two superstars to play off of, especially two who are as talented and as perfectly fitting as LeBron and Anthony Davis are with each other. So to your point, I think Craig Vogel has done a great job of establishing a defensive identity with this team. I think everybody knew that offensively they'd be devastating with LeBron and Anthony Davis leading the way and some capable pieces around them. But defensively, you know, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA all season. And I think seeing that in that, even that first couple of weeks, that first month and seeing them, you know, fairly well sustain it. That's the indication that, you know, this team is to be taken seriously and that the coaching staff, yes, has something to do with that because, you know, your your defense, it's a lot about, you know, how your players buy in, but it, it certainly starts with scheme. 
if the Lakers had made all the transactions they made, and Anthony Davis is certainly the biggest of them all, but the other moves that they made have actually uh, added something. I don't know where Dwight Howard has refound his game, but he has, and he's a great role player now that he's not have, doesn't have to be the superstar player that he once was. Uh, all those other moves get made. Are you telling me that if Luke Walton was still coaching this team, the Lakers would be 36-9? and nine? I mean, I, I don't know how to deal in a hypothetical like that, to be honest. Um, Frank Vogel was their third choice. Uh, you know, they, they wanted Teron Lou. That didn't work out. Uh, they chased Monty Williams. That didn't work out. Teron Lou has, you know, coached a, a championship team, and Monty Williams is a very good veteran coach, and those guys would both have done a great job with this team. And Luke Walton, for whatever criticisms people may want to lob his way, it's not like he had much of a chance in L.A. You know, he, he took over first a very young and rebuilding team that had no established identity and had some, some, some nice and interesting talent, but nobody who, who really was ready to lead them anywhere. And, you know, he was fired before he got the chance to have a team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis together. So, uh, you know, everybody looks better when you've got two top five players. And that doesn't mean that I'm saying – Luke Walton's as good as Frank Vogel. I'm not saying I, I don't know, you know, if one is distinctly better than the other. Vogel certainly has more experience, and I think did a phenomenal job with those Pacers teams at the start of his head coaching career. He struggled terribly in Orlando, and I think people started to wonder what he was, you know, you know whether whether the, the Indiana experience was some kind of aberration. Credit Frank Vogel for continuing to grow as a coach and for I think redeeming himself with this team. But as is always the case with the NBA, it's sometimes hard to distinguish between the success of the talent that you have versus the leadership of the coach and how much credit to give them. Fair enough. Uh, Howard Beck, our guest, talking NBA here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, along those lines, the team that's beating them right now, they're up 33-25, time running out here in the first quarter to the 76ers. I said before this year started, it's kind of a make-or-break year for Brett Brown. Uh, that he lived through the process and was the perfect guy to uh, just keep it together while they're attempting to acquire all his talent and suffer through 18, 19, 20 win seasons. Finally got NBA, legit team, got close to five, made the playoffs two years running, but now two years running, they've been bounced in the second round. And they've got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they made their commitment to Tobias Harris and they are, some people picked them to be the team to beat in the East. I didn't quite understand that. I thought it was Milwaukee, but uh, certainly could very well be the second best team. He needs to get further than the second round. Does he not? Would you not say this is a hot seat year for Brett Brown and uh, playoff achievement is going to decide whether he gets to keep his job or not? Hard to say. And I, I really, uh, one thing I, I try to avoid is speculating on people's job security. Um, I will tell you that around the league there's certainly a, a strong sense that that matches yours that the postseason for philly will say a lot about whether brett brown is still the coach i i i don't know you know if if that's an accurate read by the rest of the league or not but it is certainly a a common theme um I think he's done a good job with this team. I think to to look at last year and say, well, bounce in the second round again, sure. Bounce in the second round based on whatever it was, four, five, six bounces, literally, of, of Kawhi Leonard's shot. They were that close to being in the conference finals. 
And who's to say that they couldn't have beaten Milwaukee? Uh, so, I, I, you know, it's sometimes there's some luck involved here. And I think the Sixers are underachieving at the moment just in the regular season here. But, you know, let's look at what that team did in the offseason, too. They let Jimmy Butler walk. And Jimmy Butler's a much better player than Tobias Harris. That's not an insult to Tobias Harris. He's a very fine ball player. Jimmy Butler is better. And Jimmy Butler is showing what he's made of, again, in what he's doing with that Miami team that at the moment looks like it could be maybe a bit of a dark horse contender in the East. And the Sixers have, have struggled. Now, Embiid's been hurt. That's a part of it. But they were they were kind of all over the map even before he got hurt. And, you know, again, like this is a team where – when you let a Jimmy Butler and a J.J. Redick walk away where they didn't really get uh, enough reinforcements in terms of shooting around the, this current roster, I think if there are some shortcomings here, a lot of it has to do with decisions made by the front office about personnel. And, you know, you, you, can't, uh, you, you can't judge this team without acknowledging that. Speaking of reinforcements and the Sixers uh, management who will make the decisions on that personnel, uh, no, they're active in talks to upgrade their roster, specifically add shooting. Do you think the Sixers can get their hands on a guy who can knock down threes between now and the trade deadline, which is now only about 12 days away? I uh, don't know. Nothing substantive that I've heard. And, you know, this is kind of a, a weird trade season. A lot of people around the league feel like there's not going to be a ton of activity just because of where teams are in terms of their cap in terms of teams trying to save space for 2021. Um, I don't know that the Sixers have a lot to deal. And so that that's an, a bit of an issue as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be active in, in terms of, of trying to find something. I, you know, I, I don't know that they're going to, to land a significant piece. Uh, Utah Jazz jumping back over to the Western Conference with the Lakers in a second. They're up to 32 and 13. And people were telling me that they thought the Jazz could finish in the top four in the Western Conference before the season started. And I, between you and I, I thought they were overstating it. And most of them were tying it to the Mike Conley acquisition, which I said, I don't know that Mike Conley's going to be the guy to lift them to those high heights. But it's been as much about... Uh, uh, Bogdanovich and uh, short term Jordan Clarkson coming in and some damn good coaching and a nice deep bench. Uh, that's the reason why I think the Jazz are presently in second place in the West. How about you? Well, you know, interestingly, they kind of got their season back on track while Mike Conley was out. I think that's due to a, a bunch of things, including the fact that, you know, Donovan Mitchell simply you know, found himself in a good rhythm and, and, and was ready to, to be more than just a, you know, um, you know, uh, I should, let me rephrase that. Donovan Mitchell was already really, really good. <laughs> and I initially thought, and I think certainly the Jazz were banking on the idea that Donovan Mitchell, his next level of stardom would be having a great playmaker like Mike Conley next to him so that Donovan Mitchell could concentrate on the scoring aspect, uh, even though he's also a great ball handler. I think what happened with Mike Conley out was that Donovan Mitchell, showing, again, the growth that he's, he's shown over his first couple of seasons, again found another level in terms of being able to find the right balance in playmaking and scoring, and he's been fantastic for that team. Joe Ingles got back to the starting lineup. He's a great secondary playmaker for them. A lot of things fell into place. Bogdanovich has been a great pickup for them as well. Um, 
And now, you know, with Conley working his way back into the mix there, we'll see how far they, they, can, they can take this. But Conley was always, you know, to me, a, a, a tricky uh, acquisition because he's, he's a great point guard. He's great at both ends. He certainly um, could, should bolster them in all kinds of ways. But Donovan Mitchell is so great with the ball in his hands that it's, you know, you wonder where the best balance there is. And maybe they'll alternate these guys. You know, Mike Conley's been coming off the bench, you know, uh, and, and so there's, you know, are, are, there, are there ways to, to maximize each of their talents um, and, and get the, the best out of Conley? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. They're an interesting team. I think they absolutely have the ability to still be a top four team in the West. Whether they could knock off, you know, the Lakers and Clippers, who are the clear front runners, is a different matter. Agreed. Uh, we're talking about Howard Beck with us here on CBS Sports Radio. I, I asked about the trade deadline. You said might be a little slow on the activity. I fear you're right. I hope I'm. We're both wrong, and we do have a bunch of deals. We got one yesterday. Which I got to tell you, I don't understand a little bit. Willie Cauley Stein on a team friendly contract gets nothing more in return than a, a second round pick. You can't even get a conditional one for a guy like Willie Cauley Stein. I think he's a dynamite defender. I know he's nothing on offense, he's a guy who hits the boards. Uh, if you're matching up against another team who's got flexible guys on offense, he can play anywhere from the two to the five. I thought he was a great signing by the Warriors. Now, the Warriors' season went off the rails because of injuries and everything else, but I thought he was a great role player signed for him. They give up him at this stage, and all they get back is a two? I, I thought he was had more value around the league than that. What the hell happened there? Um, You know... Willie Cauley-Stein during his Sacramento years was known as a very erratic player who didn't bring it every night. And he put up some numbers, and he's certainly got some ability and, and size and all that. But the league was not that high on him, which is how the Warriors ended up getting him for, for a pretty, as you pointed out, friendly contract in the yeah. first place. And, you know, he's had his injury issues as well. I, I just, you know, it, was that the, the most the market could provide for him? Is that is that his you know, good as it was going to get, I, I guess so. You know, if the Warriors had waited a little bit, could they have gotten more? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's. I think it's an indication of how the league sees him right now, and I, the Warriors also had some other concerns that probably led to them moving him. But specifically, you know, some some te- you know luxury tax concerns, roster flexibility concerns. Um, you know, I don't blame them for moving on from him. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 it's hard to know sometimes whether a guy had any better value, especially a guy like him, who's, you know, really not been, you know, burning down, you know, the, the rest of the league. Understood. But I, I just like his defensive skills. Maybe I like him more than everybody else, but that will not, not a first, uh, all-star selection starters announced Thursday night. Any issues from Howard Beck? No, none. Um, the, the the starters in the All Star game, the balloting rarely produces any real head scratchers. Occasionally, maybe, but uh, this year, I think everybody did fine. I think the question usually comes in the reserves, which are chosen by the coaches, and that's where we start seeing, you know, snubs and the the you know hurt feelings and the how could that happens, and um, we'll see what the coaches do when when they file their ballots, we'll, we'll see the, the results of that next Thursday. All right, and I'll tell you one of the things that will, uh, I almost can guarantee that next uh, Saturday I'll be talking about this because 
I think that the Boston Celtics have three players deserving of all-star status. I think Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and, of course, the uh, starter who they have, uh, Kemba Walker, all deserve to be on the All-Stars. You don't usually get three guys from one team, and you don't usually get three guys from one team that, like, right now they're currently fourth in the East. And I know you wait four days and they could be second in the East, or you wait to four days they could be sixth in the East. It's that close between everybody else, uh, two through six, behind the Bucks. But I think of all three of those guys as having All-Star first staffs. Am I overstating it? No, look, they're all deserving I don't think they're all going to make it, and I'm not going to be offended if any of them doesn't make it. Uh, you know, Kemba's obviously in, and he's he's very deserving. You're right. You don't get three unless you're a really dominant team like, the, you know, the Warriors the last five years. It's it's rare to get three. Um, I expect that they'll probably get two. The, the question will be which of those two guys, and if, if the coaches – it's like the coaches confer on this, right? They're not – they're not sitting in a room deciding Jalen or Jason. Right. They're all filing their own ballots or they're assigning the ballots to their assistant coaches most of the time. And, and you know, some will go for Jalen potentially and some might go for Jason. And, and that split between the two could maybe keep them both off for all we know. Just... Um, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of competition for those reserve spots. Good stuff, Howard. We appreciate it. Whenever you come on, his podcast, Full 48, must listen for you NBA fans. Check him out on Bleacher Report, senior NBA writer Howard Beck with us. Howard, always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. You got it, Jody. Thank you. It is Howard Beck here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.